All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, the Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Golden. I'm joined by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And John, have you finished yet? No, not yet. Okay. John is currently watching the... Um, damn, we have nobody in here. That's crazy. Is there something going on tonight? Um, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, my Twitter. Okay, so we got two people. Uh, John is currently finishing the Spider-Man. Is it Far From Home? Yeah, Far From Home trailer. Um, and yeah, we'll get his instant reaction. We'll talk about that. Yeah, it has been a while. Uh, forgive us, World Series. Uh, for two weeks on uh, on Tuesdays and and then uh, my wife's birthday, so it was just kind of accumulation of of of, of things that happened. But um, we're back now. Uh, we'll break down, do some midseason, uh, not grades, but we'll recap kind of where we're at midseason um, and some of the things that uh, you know we like, we don't like, not a lot to like. Um, talk about Nick Casario. Um, the coaching staff, the players, things of that nature. Um, but yeah, um, and then John will be done with the John will be done with the um, Spider-Man trailer here shortly. So I think it's only three minutes and twenty-seven seconds. So he shouldn't have too much more. But uh, how are you guys doing? Nine people in here. It's not good. Considering <laughs> I finally got it connected to my Twitter. So I would think that there'd be more people. Well, we haven't been around in a couple of weeks. So, you know. Yeah. Everybody forgot about us. Inconsistencies recording is definitely uh, definitely one of those things. Uh, I wonder now that it's hooked up to my Twitter if uh, if it tweets out something from me. It does. Uh, Look at that. I don't know. It does. That's great. Our Periscope. Uh, cool. All right, John. Instant reaction to the trailer. To the trailer, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for the movie. Way, I'm way ready for the movie. Like, yeah, I still, I'm part of me. I don't know if they're still trying to mess around and say that the other Spider-Man won't show up. But I mean, what what you've seen so far, like, there was a lot of people in it. There was Electro, Green Goblin, the what was it, uh, Killer Croc? Is that right? Yep. yep. Or the Lizard? Or is that the lizard. Batman? Do- yeah, the Lizard. So yeah, dude, I, I'm ready for it. Sandman. Yeah, Sandman. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm. Uh, I'm excited. The trailer looks great. I, I have a theory. I don't believe that's Doctor Strange. That would make sense based on how he was kind of acting in the first trailer. Like he didn't. Yes. He didn't seem when, right. When he winked at him after Wong told him not to cast that spell, I was like, yeah, that's. I don't know if that's him. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's Mysterio. I don't know if it's the Doctor Strange from the What If series, Evil Strange. I don't know if it's Meph- Mephisto. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I know I, that they're they're making everything towards the Sinister Six, so Mephisto would make sense, but um, yeah. I mean, they're doing mm. a, a multiverse of madness. And yep. you remember how Wanda at the end of WandaVision was like there. I think that this phase of the Marvel universe, like this is really the one granted. I haven't seen Eternals yet. I, I need to go see Eternals. 
It's a good movie. Right. Um, but you know, Spider Man's going to be the one that really kind of lays the groundwork for what the other movies are going to be. Like you kind of knew that Thanos was coming with the Avengers, um, probably about with the original team, probably about three movies in. You want to say what? When we kind of figured out it was going to be Thanos when they all teamed up. Uh, Guardians. So it was like because you knew in um, you didn't know in Iron Man, so no, nope. it wasn't really building anything up. It was everybody's origin stories? This time around, other I mean, the Eternals of course needed an origin story. And I think for everybody else, like they're just doing it as the TV shows. Like there's not going to, after Shang-Chi well, Shang and Chi, the Eternals, one. Yeah. Shang-Chi and the Eternals, like there's not going to be origin stories. So all the movies coming out now will be building to whatever this, this next big team up will be. Yeah. I don't know. I think Blade probably will be an origin story. Um, I think there'll be a couple more, but yeah, you're Is right. Blade, I mean, is Blade going to be actually involved? I, I still kind of feel like Blade would be. Well, maybe I don't know. That's... He was he was he was introduced in uh, at, at Disney as one of the movies in the Phase. So was he? I thought it was just <laughs> as a Marvel movie. No, no, no. It's part of Phase Four. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Lots, lots of lots of fun stuff going on in the Marvel universe in comparison to. The Texans universe. The Texans universe is bland I mean, and boring. It's like white people's cooking. It's missing a little salt and pepper because it is. Uh, eesh. No, I it's not actually. Fun. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna interrupt real quick okay. because it's not Southern white people's cooking. Mm-mm. Southern white people. I mean, it's it's not not the same. There's some of them, but yeah. But it's Midwestern. Oh my god, dude! When I go to like North Dakota, like that's when I actually get the joke. Like when when everybody makes fun of white people's um, white people's cooking, it's like go to North Dakota. Like they can't handle any spice. Like it's oh. not even a like it's not a joke. Like things that you don't even consider spicy are all of a sudden spicy to them. Hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, Moon Knight should be or Blade should be in Moon Knight, but Blade also uh, was the one that narrated the post credit scene in the Eternals with really? Jon Snow. So um, Marsha Ali was the one that narrated that entire post credit scene in the Eternals. So um, <clears throat> he's definitely going to be in the MCU, but um, pretty cool. Anyways, uh, Texans, look, we're in the mid season. We're in the middle of the season. Not, you know, I, I don't know. Where do we go? Like, glad to be back, guys. Definitely glad to be back. I, there there were some conversations being had about not coming back, and it's hard to do these things when it's this bad, dude. I mean, honestly, oh. like, talking with your friends is one thing, and, like, having it, but, like, when you're talking every week about the same things, because it's like there's no change, right? So it's bad coaching. It's bad players. It's bad schemes. It's, you know – it's bad roster management. It's bad decisions. It's like there's so many like when it's just this repeat, 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 repeat. Um, it, it's just it's it's boring. It's not it's not fun. Like I was thinking about it tonight. I was like, man, I was on my way home from getting ice cream with the kids, and I was like, oh, it feels like a job. It's, it's <laughs> like it, it feels like something I have to do because we've built this this following in this audience and it is it is something we have to do but it's like we just got to get past this season 
Got to get yeah. past everything that's going on, everything with the with the coaching staff, and just continue. Well, I mean, there's nothing to be excited with this season. That's the problem. Like, yeah. we don't really have. I mean, other than Grenard and Nico Collins, like, there's not that young player that you just really want to watch every single week. And I mean, as good as Grenard's been playing, even he's not that guy that just jumps out of the screen that you want to watch him every week. Now he may get there. Like his his numbers are. If he continues to improve the way his numbers are showing, like who knows what he may end up being. But right now he's not. I mean, right now he's a bright spot. Like he's a really good bright spot. But, and then Nico Collins, I mean, when he gets thrown the ball and he's a receiver, so he has no control over that. But I mean, outside that, like what players do we really have to look forward to? Like I said this a while ago, like I came, if we came out of the bye and we didn't have a winning record, then Davis Mills should absolutely be our starter. Why? Because we really know what we have of Tyrod. Granted, we didn't know Tyrod was going to be that bad against the Dolphins. Like that's what's got I'm like that's what's just absolutely deflated me. Like Tyrod, first six quarters of the of the year, like he was being, he was accurate. He looked like he could actually throw the like he could actually throw the ball well enough that we would we would move the ball on offense. And then he just comes out and it's just a complete another dud. Like some of those throws that were just wide open. I, we should have beat the Dolphins if he could have thrown it a little bit better. And it's just heartbreaking to watch that. And at this point, the Dolphins were probably the softest game, the easiest game we had left on the schedule. Like now who now what game do you really circle? It's like, oh, can we possibly win? I mean Grant. I, I don't know. The Jags defense has been playing really well lately. And again, it's not that I'm in a big rush to see Davis Mills, but I mean, with him, at least maybe he gets playing time and he has something to develop. Like maybe, maybe, but it's just, it's not fun to watch. And our offense is bad no matter who's out there. Like I feel bad for our defense. Like our defense deserves better than what our offense is doing, but we can't run the ball. And we can't throw the ball. So it's just, it's painful. Yeah. I mean, that that's really what it boils down to is just the fact that it's completely painful. I mean, it's just painful in every single way. Um, thank you, Junior. Um, appreciate that. Yeah. I, I just, you know, we're the, you know, we kind of built our brand as like the optimistic, you know, fun and entertaining, you know, Texans podcast slash stream. And it's like, I can't come in here and just feed you guys a bunch of bullshit every week. You know, I can't come in here and tell you, Hey, like, you know, this team's going to turn it around. You know, they're still getting, you know, their feet under them. Like, no, this team is just overall bad. They're, they're badly yeah, coached. Even, <laughs> even with our brand though, like we've never, we're never going to be the ones that bullshit, but we are going to try no. and find the positives. Right. right. And, we're going to find the reasons to watch. I remember when Deshaun got hurt and we were sitting there talking about all the backup quarterbacks, like all the people that we could possibly bring in to, to get excited about during that disaster of a season. And we tried, we absolutely tried. And then we also had hope at the end of it right now. I mean, there's just, there's just absolutely no hope. That's the problem. And honestly, it's like, What's incredible is our defense has actually been fairly, fairly good. 
Um, I've saw one metric that if you just took the first three quarters, like we're a top 12 defense. Wow. Um, if you just look comparison of play, we're actually top 15 for the entire game and we always fall apart in the fourth. So our defense has been exactly what we needed it to be. We just have nothing on offense. We have the worst offense in football this year. And we actually have a historically bad offense. Like last year we had a historically bad defense this year we have a historically bad offense and it just, it wears, it wears on you. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I kind of wish Deshaun would have been traded at the trade deadline because it ultimately would give us hope, right? Yeah. A, a chance to understand what the future could potentially look like. And I totally understand. It's like bite the bullet now, like just hold on. You're going to get more potentially, there's going to be more teams and I, I'm still all for that. But like I, from a podcast perspective, um, it would have been awesome. Like I feel bad. I was talking to somebody on the radio the other day on the phone and I was like, I, I, I have to only do it for an hour a week. You have to do it for four hours a day. And I don't know how you guys do it. I just couldn't do it. There, there, uh, there's no way. What do you talk about? I mean, what do you really talk about? I mean, yeah, sure, it helps when callers call in and, you know, things like that. So you're getting topics and points to be able to build off and talk, you know, talk about. But, I mean, dude, like, no, Landry is – I'm not boys with Landry. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm boys with Figgy, though. Um, but not Landry. Uh, but I hear Landry's a great guy. I hear uh, I hear Landry's not nothing like his his Twitter persona or his uh, radio personality. Uh, Figgy cuts for that guy pretty hard. So uh, if Figgy says he's a good dude, he's a good dude. So I'm not going to throw any shots at him. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like there's it's just regurgitating literally everything that we've been talking about. Like this coaching staff is by far the worst. It's so bad that I had a poll of Coley and, and, and O'Brien, who do you, would you prefer to have as your head coach basically? And Bill <laughs> O'Brien blew away David Coley. Okay. This is, this is four months removed from Bill O'Brien or six months removed from Bill O'Brien being here. Sean Pendergast had a poll today, the exact same and Bill O'Brien is blowing him away. So, I mean, that should really give you an understanding of like how bad it actually is. You know, me and you both try to see the positives in David Coley and kind of he's the right guy for this time right now um, for what we're going through with the with the culture and the players and things of that nature. And I, I do still think that there's some truth to that. Um, but I don't think anybody expected the product to be as bad as it has been over the last nine games. I mean, it's it's truly been an atrocious product on the field each week. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, like, I I, I want Cully gone. Like, don't get me wrong here. So what's going to come out of my mouth next? Like, don't anybody misconstrue it. I am definitely not defending Cully, but the number one problem is Tim Kelly. The number um, one problem? Yeah. Honestly, well, we can't run the ball. That's two years in a row that he has been unable to scheme up any sort of any sort of ability to run the ball. 
mm-hmm. we're going to be a run first team. And even if it's coming from Cully that we're going to be a run first team and it's out of Tim Kelly's hands as an offensive coordinator, he should actually push back quite a bit on that. Like I would think that would be his responsibility because Cully isn't here for X's and O's. He's not, he's here to be a cheerleader. He's here to, to manage egos. He's here to keep the locker room together. That is why Cully's here. That is the only skill set that he was, that he brought into Houston. He's not a coordinator. He's not an X's and O's guy. He's not, he, he doesn't seem to be the best at identifying talent, but what he is is supposed to be a great locker room guy. So and I think he's coming, shown to be that. Yeah. And I, and I think that he's actually succeeded at that, but he, de- uh, but we don't have anybody on, on the staff to balance that out. Like Lovey Smith puts out a fairly vanilla defense, lets the guys just go out there and play. And they're creating turnovers at a clip. That's just unsustainable. It's like they're going to put in probably end up in being between 15 and 20 and a year defensive rate rate ratings, just because they create so much turnovers next year. They can't, they can't repeat that. Like you just don't repeat that. Um, turnovers are so hard to repeat, but our offense has no identity. Everybody looks worse and I get it. Part of it is we don't have a quarterback, but you would think that another year in the system, um, that Tim Kelly would have figured out something to run the ball and he can't. So you're like, okay, well, maybe he's going to scheme up something creative to at least get the ball moving where he can't. Um, He really can't like you can sit there and we were joking about it at one point. The other last time we watched a game together, it's like, I know what play play calls coming up. It's the wide receiver screen or run it up the middle. Like it's just, there's no variety in play calling there. He doesn't have that. When you watch like somebody that's really good at play calling, there's almost a rhythm to the offense. Yep. There's not that with Tim Kelly. There absolutely is not. So yeah, I mean, granted he has not been dealt a great hand, but he's not doing, he's not doing anything to make it better either. I just find it strange that like Jags game, good play calling first half of the Browns game, good play calling. And then ever since then, like nothing, like you just have to wonder like what switched in their head. Like, I, I feel like this team is truly tanking. Like that, that like it, it was a hard sell for me to really buy into that fact, but like, there's nothing now that tells me that this team isn't tanking. They're truly tanking. Well, my theory on that has been that they gave the uh, quarterback the ability to essentially call the play at the line, which is why all of a sudden that you brought in somebody like Tyrod Taylor, who's a professional, like an absolute professional quarterback. Yeah. And then he's able to go out there and he's able to take the choices and make and, and call the right play at the right time, essentially, because it's the quarterback that's truly calling the plays. And I think that that would have explained so many of the issues we had with Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson that even explains some of the uh, some of the issues that we had with Davis Mills. But I don't know after watching that Dolphins game. Like that's what I was expecting. And maybe maybe there might be something to that still and Tyrod was just hurt cuz there was times where we got receivers open that you know that he should have been able to make a connection on. But 
regardless of all that, even if that is ultimately the underlying issue, I don't think that that's the type of offensive coordinator that you want to have going forward with another rookie quarterback. If it's not Davis Mills and the fact that he can't scheme up anything else to make the running game easier, like maybe more jet sweeps, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm not an offensive coordinator. I don't know the fix, but you would think that there would be some sort of creativity. And then I was listening to trap and or to cap and trade uh, Texans caps new podcast. And he was actually, they were talking about how at the beginning of the season, we had a commitment to the outside run. And it was the first time that the Texans, since if you consider Tim Kelly and Bill O'Brien, they actually committed to having one type of running, running game where they weren't trying to mix in power concepts and zone concepts. And he was like, they were talking about for the first two games, that's predominantly what the Texans did. And then they just gave up. Yeah. We were having success then. So that's almost, that's what actually just put me on another level of just aggravation, I guess. Cause actually aggravation isn't even the right word. Cause it's, cause I'm almost apathetic at this point. It's just trying to figure out who's going to be back as a coach next year. And I just can't see Tim Kelly being back. And honestly, at this point, it's like, if there's somebody younger in the building, I'd rather give them a chance at, at this point. Cause we know what, what, what's there with Kelly. And again, he may be great on another staff. He may be great on a staff that has somebody that can actually call running games, but let somebody else try. Yeah, I think, I mean, we all know why Tim Kelly's actually here. I mean, he's here because, you know, it's Deshaun Watson wanted him. I mean, that's it. There's really no other reason why he would be here. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know if he's an amazing play caller. I don't know if he's a bad play caller. I know he's at times shown that he's a pretty decent play caller. Um, last season, he looked fine at times once Bill O'Brien was gone. Jags game, um, the first half of the Browns game, like they're all, they were, they were much better than what we've seen over the last couple or last month and a half, two months. But at this point, it's just, you got to just, the, everybody even keeps saying Pep is safe. I, I don't know what you've seen from the quarterbacks outside of his name, Pep Hamilton. I don't know what you've seen from Pep that makes you think that he deserves to also be here any longer than the rest of the coaching staff. If I'm just being perfectly yeah. honest. Well, I mean, Pep Hamilton has a history of developing quarterbacks. We don't want him as offensive coordinator. If you go back and you look at his stats as an offensive coordinator, he was not a really good one, but as a quarterback coach, he does have a good solid record. And I mean, that could even as much as we're kind of like trashing everything like Davis Mills for a third round pick. That's a developmental pick has actually played as well, if not better than you could expect. That's not to say he's played good, but he's played at least better than you can expect. And he's shown flashes. So maybe that protects pep, but at the same time, like I'm completely cool. If, if you bring in the right offensive coordinator, he brings in his own guys. Like don't force anybody on him. I think that may be part of the problem with this staff is Tim Kelly was forced in where the rest of the staff was organically brought in, but yeah. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. So let, let's play hypotheticals here. 
we're in the middle of the season, so uh, in a season where we have nothing going on, so we can at least do some hypotheticals. Um, coaching staff is gone at the end of the year. As of right now, who are your top coaching candidates? Dude, I have no idea. I, I mean, that's a hor- horrible answer to give, but at this point, I, I really don't know. I don't know who's going to be available. Um, and I don't necessarily know who, who, who I'd want. Like, the season's still fairly early. Um, do we want to say the same names we said last year? I mean, I mean, potentially, like, dabble. Oh, Toby McGuire. <laughs> right when I was about to say it, I mean, potentially Brian Dabble. But if he really turned down Houston, like, because the situation was a mess, what makes you think that all of a sudden he's going to be in for it? Um, I mean, I still like Eberflus from the Colts for two reasons, because I think that he's very, very smart. He always gets his talent to overperform. And, you know, making the Colts weaker, always for that, always for that. But I, I don't know. I, I want another, I want somebody from the Shanahan tree still. Um, I think that they have this unique ability to, to get more out of just pretty much that entire coaching tree has this unique ability to get more out of an offensive line and more, more out of any running back. And I just think that that's so much stress off if we can start getting some production out of an offensive line and something from the running game. Um, I get, I get the obsession of Joe Brady. Um, I get it, but what he's shown me in Carolina, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know with him. Like Darnold wasn't good, but is that whomever made the decision that they could go out and fix Darnold, maybe we should look at him as a wary eye because like, they're going to make that same sort of decision here in Houston. Cause we need a quarterback. Like, do we try that guy? Do we try this guy? So I don't know. Um, what about you? Who, who are you feeling? Uh, I'm a, I'm a little down on Brady uh, just because I thought that he could do a little bit more with Sam. Uh, but then I got to keep in mind that he's the OC and not the quarterback coach. So, uh, you know, he was probably given Sam. It's not Sean like Ryan, our old friend, Sean Ryan was the quarterback is the quarterback coach. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I think, I think Brady still has something about him that, that I like. I mean, just definitely the fact that he's young. I think he can lead a locker room um, because he's young. He can relate a little bit more. Um, but, you know, he, I haven't seen a lot from him. I mean, he, they look, the Panthers look good this last Sunday. Uh, PJ Walker looked pretty good. I think he only had five incompletions. Um, so that, that's, that's great. Uh, Brian Dabble. Uh, definitely. I, th- I think Dabble is, is probably, you know, has to be kind of the top candidate coming into this off season just cause, you know, of what he's done in his time in Buffalo. I know Josh Allen's having a down year again, but, um, you know, you can't put that all on Brian Dabble. Um, and if you're going to put all the success that Josh Allen did have on Brian Dabble, you know, then you can't, you know, you kind of have to take the good with the bad and, um, I think Dabble would be an interesting one. I'd like to know if there's any young and upcoming, you know, defensive coordinators, or I know a lot of people want D'Amico Ryans. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of find it a little bit crazy that Salah leaves and, 
D'Amico steps up and that defense performs to the same level, you know, that's that's pretty interesting. I, I don't know if it says, you know, how good of a coach D'Amico is or or if it's just kind of a system thing, but um, I'm not sure about Byron Leftwich yet. I know that that was a name that was thrown out quite a bit. Clint Kubiak, who, who's that? Gary's son in Minnesota? He's in Minnesota, right? He's the OC in Minnesota? I believe so. Well, he'll get interviews this year just because of his last name. Um, but Byron, I don't know. I mean, look at who he has at quarterback. Like, look who he, what he did in Arizona, and then now look at what he's doing with Tom Brady. Like, I don't know. They have so many weapons. I think Byron Leftwich could be fool's gold, to be honest with you. They have every single weapon that you could ever want on offense, a good offensive line, a Hall of Fame quarterback, three starting wide receivers, you know, three of the best starting wide receivers in the league, great running backs, like good tight ends. I don't I, I probably wouldn't want to go that route. Um, what I will say in Kubiak is Hackett. I actually give him I give him negative points for being Gary's son because I always think that's a little bit weird. But what what will be telling is now that, you know, with the Delvin Cook situation, what he gets out of the Minnesota running game, if they if he's able to keep it at the same level or a comparable level with uh, their backups, now that they don't have, you know, uh, Delvin Cook, who is just, just just having a great year, then I'd be very much more intrigued with uh, Clint Kubiak. There is, there is something that I'm, I'm not a big fan of nepotism, like just, you know, on principle. But there is something to say that the guys that the only people that truly get an education in how to, to be a coach are coaches' sons. Like there's no school, there's no like career path to be coaches' sons, um, or to be coaches. But coaches' sons get exposed to it. They get a level of education, a level of connections that others don't. So if they actually show some talent plus having those opportunities, then they usually turn into be pretty good coaches but i hate nepotism like i honestly just hate nepotism i mean look no further than the owner of the texans for all the proof you need to hate nepotism yep yeah i don't know uh i find it a bit strange that you know i don't know it's just kind of the nfl works that way right it's it's a it's a glorified fraternity um so, you know, if you have a father who was a head coach, you know, the likelihood that you have an opportunity to be a head coach is there for sure. Um, then you look at the ties to the Texans organization. You look at the ties to Texas in general. You know, he grew up here, all of that. Um, I don't know if I've seen enough from Clint Kubiak to warrant him potentially being that, but I was also the same guy last year that said Joe Brady should be hired as their head coach. And he had one season as an OC. So uh, I won't rule him out. Nathaniel Hackett's uh, an interesting name for me. Um, Definitely a guy worth watching. I don't want Lincoln Riley. Um, I don't want a college coach. I, I, I don't think college coaches, I'm not a big fan of college coaches to the NFL. I, I think there's a huge learning curve from, coaching young kids or young adults to coaching grown men every day. Um, I know Cliff is having success this year, but I don't think Cliff is going to have long-term success in the NFL. And I really can't think of the last time, I guess, technically Pete Carroll 
was the last time we had a, a, a college head coach come in and do something worthwhile in the NFL as a head coach, right? Pete, Pete's the last one. Um, well, Matt Rule's in Carolina. But I mean success, right? Like actually successful. At yeah. It. Well, I mean, Pete Carroll, yeah. I mean, crazy amount of success. But I'm trying to think if there's anyone. I, I it, it can't be the the college coaches that have success, in my opinion, or the ones that might work out aren't the guys that are entrenched as college coaches. Like, I think that Pete Carroll having as much success at USC and then also having success at um, in Seattle, that's just not something that's going to be repeated. Yeah. And he's definitely the exception. Now, if there's somebody out there that is very innovative, um, that you can kind of tell that they don't belong in college, that's different. Uh, and right now, I, before I started talking, uh, when you were talking about it, I had an example. It was it wasn't Matt Rule, but uh, somebody else that that I was thinking of. But maybe it'll come back to me. But no, I think that that you're right. That you have to look within you have to look within the NFL to get your next coach. Like the college coach guys usually don't work out. But let's be honest, a lot of t- most of the time the NFL guys don't work out either. Like it's tough to get the right coach in the right situation. Yeah, I, I guess ultimately we'll have to wait and see how the season plays out. But I'm assuming there'll be a couple of names that um, that come up that that nobody's talking about right now. It seems to happen every year. I mean, look, hell, David Coley got a freaking job. So yeah, um, I mean, there's still always the chance for McDaniel. He's the one part of that unholy trinity that we do not have. <sighs> Here's the thing. And I hate to say this already because I'll be called a homer, but I'm not opposed to the Josh McDaniels hire as really? an all star. I'm not. Here's... And the only, only reason I'm not, and it's a very simple reason, it's just the fact that I think he, he was young enough at the time that he was the Denver Broncos head coach that he can learn from his mistakes and kind of correct them and go on to the right path. Um, so, you know, I think people do deserve second chances and I, I do think people can learn to be better at their jobs and, and can kind of, you know, learn from their mistakes. I, I won't be happy if it is Josh McDaniels, but I, I, I wouldn't kill them the way that if I I'm telling you right now, if Josh McDaniels is hired, I, they better, they better hire security throughout that stands outside of NRG because it's going to go crazy. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I don't think, I don't think people are going to be very, very happy with uh, McDaniels. Um, I mean, my biggest problem with him is I'm just so over this Patriots coaching philosophy and the Patriots offense. I think that, if any of them, of any of the coaches so far that, ha- that were a part of that, so McDaniels and Bill O'Brien, essentially, uh, McDaniels has shown more competency. Um, like, look at what he's done with Mark Jones, but or Mac Jones, but he, yeah, he's the more competent one. He was a part of all the success that Bill O'Brien had as a coach. Like McDaniels set it up, 
So yeah, he's the better one to have. But I'm just kind of over it. Like I want to try another offense essentially that's really what it comes down to like we're we're stuck with the we're gonna have the patriots philosophy on roster building no matter what yeah so maybe it does make sense to go after another patriots guy but i mean i just i'm just kind of over it yeah i mean i i'm somewhat over it as well i just to kind of set myself up for the proper expectations i i just i feel like that's the route that's it's going to go and we're just going to all have to deal with it to be honest with you, because I don't think there's anybody else they're really going to consider. I mean, I do find it crazy that he wasn't even interviewed last off season. Um, right. I don't think he was interviewed by us. He was not. So well, the rumor, the rumor with McDaniels is he's going to take over for Belichick. Yeah, I've heard that, but maybe Bill O'Brien's going to take that. <laughs> well, I mean, it also comes down to how antsy do you think McDaniels gets? Like, what if Belichick goes, oh, um, Mac Jones is the next quarterback that's going to continue my success, and I want to win enough games without Brady because, you know, he doesn't want Brady to get all the credit. Because yeah. right now, if Belichick retired in the next year or two, like, it's a little – like, he's still going to be considered – one of the best coaches of all time, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Like you, you can't not, but he's, it's always going to be tainted a little bit, probably in his mind with the fact that it was all done with one quarterback who happens to be the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't think Bill gives a shit about that, to be honest with you. Really? Okay. I don't think he cares about the public perception. If anything, it might be mentally in his mind that, Hey, I, I want to make sure that like I do this on my own. I think he'll, if he does do it, it'll be because of him, but I don't think it's, I don't think it will have anything to do with the fact that like the public opinion of it is that uh, pretty interesting tweet here. Josh's brother, Josh McDaniel's brother is a coach with Houston. His name is Ben. Yeah, I think I knew that, Ben McDaniel. I didn't know that. I'm assuming he means the Texans, right? Not not U of H. He's an all he's the assistant's wide receiver coach. Here? Yep, here in Houston. The Texans. Fantastic. Okay. Well, uh there's that. So I don't know. And I mean it'll be interesting regardless, because I think that I think the Casario actually has complete, complete control. This isn't where he hires a, a head coach and the head coach gets to bring in his own staff. I think that Mc, the Casario is actually hiring every single individual. Like it's the pe- person he wants. So. Yeah, I don't know. That's All right. right. Uh, I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. So we got, uh, we got Tennessee Titans versus the Houston Texans this Sunday. John, are, should we expect anything different? Coley says that, uh, that, y'all that, are, that we're going to see better football. Are you ready to see Dante Foreman rush for over 100 yards? Is he actually is she is he actually playing for them? Like like yeah. playing playing like like as like playing a, playing like, like legitimate a, like like legit snaps. Yeah. There's uh what's his face with uh, ESPN the fantasy, not uh, not Matthew Barry the other one uh Field Gate Field Yates Field Yates uh, yeah. yeah he put out an article today that. 
of the Titans running backs of the three between Adrian Peterson. Um, um, shoot, what? Shoot the other, the other McNichols, uh, Jeremy McNichols, and Donta Foreman. Donta Foreman is the one to sash. Interesting. I, I didn't watch. I haven't watched them since King King Henry went down. Did that? It's only been one week. But did they look fine yeah. this last Sunday? Yeah, they looked fine. Like didn't miss a beat. Well, they barely. Um, they apparently won based on a, a pass interference. Uh, there was a little bit of controversy around that, but I mean, they're still more than talented enough to beat us. So we win. This is going to be one of those games that we win. <laughs> you know, why not? Because I mean, we'll somehow just do we win another game this year, John? I mean, be honest. So they beat the Saints by two. And Honestly, I can't say that we don't win another game because it is the NFL and something crazy can always happen. But I, as confident as I can ever be with the team just finishing winless for the rest of the season, yeah, that's us. Detroit's going to, I, Detroit's a better team than we are. Do you think they win what, a game? Yeah, I think Detroit's going to squeak by somebody. They've been in some games, they've shown some, they've been in a lot fight. of them. And Swift, Swift is a talent. Yeah. He is an absolute talent. So yeah. yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna sneak by somebody. Okay. Yeah, I, I just I, I think we're tanking, so I don't think we'll win another game this season. I think it's full tank mode. Yeah, I mean, it's still the NFL. You never know. Like something crazier things have happened, but. I we're gonna get the number one pick. So we're gonna I, take I'm, heavy I'm pre- on. That's gonna be great. That's that's Jordan's. That's Jordan's guy. That's everybody's guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's the clowny of this year. Yeah, which scares me. So. Yeah, it should. It should. Um, all right. Well, Tennessee Titans this Sunday. Hopefully, it's at least entertaining. It is the Titans, so I'm hoping that we can at least be somewhat competitive, somewhat fun. Uh, hopefully Tyrod can come back and play like he did against the Jags and the Browns, because that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what to expect. Uh, I'm, I'm planning on expecting what we've seen for the last seven weeks. And if they surprise me, Fantastic. I don't know. There was a game, not the Dolphins. Who we played before the Dolphins? The uh, Cardinals. Yeah, I didn't finish that game. I think I only watched the first <laughs> quarter. <laughs> yeah, we watched it at uh, at the bar, and you left at halftime. Yeah, that was it. I left at halftime. I was like, "Yeah, this is this is awful." Um, exactly what we expected it to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I would love to see Kevion though. I, I do like him as a player. I think he'd be be great. Um, all right, John. What else we got? I I mean Texans related like nothing. Like we've already bust and moaned about it. Oh, it was the Rams? Oh, yeah, shoot. the Rams. Game. Uh, yeah, it was the Rams. Ram- game. I was trying to block yeah. that game out. I watched the first that, that quarter was of that game. Ugly. And then. 
Mills came back and had all of his garbage time stats. And then there was that whole argument that we praised the other guy because of his garbage time, but Mills wasn't getting any credit for his blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That, that was not a fun game. Yeah, no. But hey, we apparently we somehow, we somehow we broke the Rams cause they can't win after beating us, you know, yeah. gave them a false sense of uh, superiority. Yeah, because of Mills' comeback. Crash. Yeah, Mills' yeah. comeback. Yeah, he just broke him. Uh, yeah. We got to I meet mean, up I, with Jordan. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Did you guys have fun of the game? Um, <laughs> yeah, take me through the take me through what happened, dude. Um, the te- Texas is a hot mess too. Like, okay. I, there's I don't know why I'm a football fan. I, I follow three teams pretty closely. I follow the South Carolina Gamecocks, the uh, Texas Longhorns, and the Houston Texans. Um, and you know, I don't know why I like football. All you had to do was watch this past weekend to kind of understand, um, Texas losing, losing to Kansas, that, that was miserable, but getting to meet up, see Jordan, see Paul, um, walk halfway across campus and just remember how big UT's campus is when it's ginormous. And then, you know, going out and drinking and hanging out at a bar on, on the drag. That was pretty cool. Like that was probably the best part of the night. Like sitting there playing Jenga. We played Jenga for like an hour. That's awesome. Easily. And I mean, that was cool. I mean, yeah. I'm, Jordan's awesome. Like, you know this. So yeah. Him. Yeah. So I didn't go to the game with everybody, but I did obviously link up with uh, Paul, Jay and uh, Jordan on Thursday night. We watched the Thursday night game where the Dolphins beat the whoever it was they should they shouldn't have beat them um, the but worst but games ever played yeah um Is that the ravens? and it was it was the ravens that was it yep the ravens um it was awesome to it was awesome to to meet jordan in person you know for those that do know or don't know you know jordan and i are extremely close um and he's somebody i consider to be you know real real close the family really for me and uh so it was great to be able to meet somebody like jordan and then you know also link up with paul you know paul lives in austin i should probably see paul more often than i actually do i should see john more often than i actually do but um yeah it was awesome it was it was great it was great to see jordan um I'm glad that he came down. I'm glad he had a great time. I'm sure he had fun at the Texas game, even though, you know, they were awesome. That was his first football game in person. So that's always cool. Um, hopefully he gets was, down sometime next year to be able to come to a Texans game. That was actually one of the better parts, walking up to the stadium with Jordan and like just the stadium blew him away. Granted, I mean, UT stadium, especially now after the, the remodel, like it's, it's a nice stadium. Like it, it was a nice stadium before they remodeled the, uh, the, the end zone the was it the south end zone um before they remodeled it and now it's just absolutely ridiculous so jordan was his reaction to that was pretty was pretty cool that's awesome yeah so shout out to jordan shout out to paul shout out to jay for meeting up with us on thursday um and i'm glad you cody and paul and jordan got to get together but uh yeah all right well with that being said you guys enjoy some texans football on sunday against the Tennessee Titans. Hopefully we get something good out of this Texans team. Don't expect it. Um, expect what you've seen. And if they surprise you, fantastic. And with that being said, I'm young Ari gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We will catch you next week.